Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I'm going to add that strategy in there moving forward because I do think we talk about some pretty strategic elements on the show, right? Um, Today's episode is awesome. I really love doing uh, today's episode. I cover uh, three Cleveland Indians starting pitchers, Trevor Bauer, uh, Cookie Carrasco, also known as Carlos Carrasco, and Mike Clevenger. I want to give a shout out to uh, Corey Hansen, who actually reached out to me on um, Twitter. He's a fan of the podcast, and he actually asked me of these three pitchers, you know, who would you, uh, how would you have them ranked? Um, and it, it was a tremendous idea for a podcast, and it's really fun um, to see how. Um, you know, just to kind of look at these three guys. And, and if you think about the fact that Corey Kluber isn't even in that group. Now, a big hint, Corey Kluber is actually not the Cleveland Indians starting pitcher that I am going to have ranked the highest this year. You're going to have to listen to the full podcast to figure out who it is that I like the most. But um, it's, not, it's not Corey Kluber. I actually have at least one uh, the other Indians pitchers ahead of him. So just a special shout out to Corey. I really thoroughly enjoyed doing this deep dive. The Indians pitchers are really fun to dig into, which is why the episode went a little long, but I do think that you'll really like the analysis. I think I, I um, yeah, it was just really fun to dig in. I enjoy getting into these pitchers and really seeing uh, what is going on. Um, if you do uh, like this podcast uh, that I'm doing right now, Well, actually, hold on a minute on that. Let me just say, if you do have any ideas for podcasts that you think would be be really interesting, like Corey did, um, please do reach out to me on Twitter. Ask me, like whether it's a certain person that you're like, I'm just not sure how I feel about this guy, or you know, I'd really love to know more about him. Let me know, especially if you can kind of put it together like Corey did um, into uh, a theme. I think that that's really fun. It's really fun for me as I analyze them. And I think it'll hopefully be really fun for folks who are listening to the podcast. Um, As always, if you do enjoy this podcast, um, whether it's this one or previous ones, please do go to iTunes um, and uh, other podcast platforms. We are there. Uh, If you like like it, please do give us a five-star rating and write a nice review. Tell your friends, retweet it, hit the like button. Um, really please, if you, if you are a consistent listener of the, of the podcast, obviously I'm putting these out. I really enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. I'd be doing it whether I was getting reviews and ratings or not, but if you are a consistent listener of the podcast and you haven't given us a rating or review, fantasy baseball season is right around the corner and these reviews do go a long way. Um, they also are really good feedback for me to know, um, that folks are listening to the podcast and that people are enjoying it. Um, you know, reach out to Twitter, retweet it, like it, whatever. That's that's going to be my one pitch uh, that I give, at least on this podcast. You know, it'll probably come in a future one, but I um, really do appreciate it when folks do that. You can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy, Instagram at BatFlipCrazy. I'm a little bit, I'm being more active on Instagram. Um, so if you like some of the cover art that I've been sharing on Twitter, definitely go over to Instagram um, and give me a follow. Uh, Facebook uh, at BatFlipCrazyFantasy. Also trying to post a little bit more consistently over there. We have a very small group of people who are uh, listening and um, liking and following over there, but please do that if you can. And again, YouTube videos over on YouTube, just search for Batflip Crazy. And then the blog is batflipcrazy.com. 
All right, Trevor Bauer, one of my favorite pitchers heading into next season. Cookie Carrasco, another one of my favorite pitchers in previous seasons and heading into next season. And Mike Clevenger, an underrated guy with potential upside. Let's get this party started. All right, first up today, we are going to talk about Trevor Bauer. Cleveland Indian starting pitcher currently going in the 10 two early mock drafts at an average draft position of 41st. He's really one of my favorite pitchers heading into next season, both because of the, um, you know, because of the ADP. I think there's a huge value there. I do expect that he'll probably push up draft boards a little bit, um, but I really think that he is he can anchor uh, a fantasy pitching staff because of the skills that he started to show last year, because of the process. I'll I'll talk a little bit about a process with Bauer, but that's probably the thing that sticks out the most with me is just his interest in learning more about pitching and and getting better. Um, And you you can see that through his relationship with uh, driveline and, and in other facets. But the thing that really sticks out for me with Bauer is the volume. Now, last year he threw 171, and a third inning, but re- innings. But remember, shortly after the All Star break, and I remember this because I traded for him uh, at the All Star break. He took a line drive off of his leg um, and broke his—I think it was his leg or his ankle—something um, there that really knocked him out of it. Knocked him out of the rotation for the rest of the year, and I believe he made one or two—I think two appearances um, in relief. Uh, or to start out a game just for a couple innings uh, towards the end of the season. Now, the reason I bring that up is he almost hit that 200 innings pitched plateau, um, not plateau, but uh, mark, uh, despite missing a significant amount of time um, through injury. So that's just one thing to um, keep in mind is that unlike a lot of pitchers who are throwing, um, who aren't going deep into innings this year, he uh, or into games this year. He's actually a guy who um, who goes the distance. And if you hear him talk, and you hear other people talk about him, like at Driveline, you know they talk about his body being um, the body of a starting pitcher that can really throw a lot of innings. And so that's one of the things that I really like heading into next season. So this represents three straight years with a hundred and uh, around 170 innings pitched. 175 and two-thirds last year and 173 and two-thirds back in 2016. Um, This year he won 12 games uh, out of 27 started. He did win 17 games last year. So he's obviously pitching uh, for the Indians. He is um, in probably the weakest division in baseball still. Uh, And so that is obviously, you know, a little bit of a, uh, we need to factor that in. You know, we don't know exactly who he's going to be pitching against, but chances are that the competition will be a little less stiff than maybe um, in other divisions. Uh, K-minus walk rate jumped up to 23% last year, which is a terrific number. The major league average is 13.8%. He was at 18.1% last year and then 12% the year before. His K rate was up above 30 at 31.2%. Now, one thing about the K minus walk rate that I want you to note is that that 23%, that is actually higher than Corey Kluber's strikeout minus walk rate, which was at 22.3%. And we don't, we forget this because Bauer got injured, but Bauer at the time was 
uh, out pitching Kluber. And if Bauer were able to hit the innings um, number that Kluber hit uh, this year, definitely would have been the more valuable pitcher. And so that's one thing to consider moving forward. I actually like Bauer more than uh, Kluber. Uh, moving forward, we don't have the same track record, uh, so there's, there's maybe a little bit uh, more risk, but I think the upside is tremendous. Strikeouts, 219 in those 171.3.1 uh, innings. Uh, K, minus, uh, K per nine of 11.5, uh, which is terrific, and that swinging strike rate also very high at 13.3%. His uh, last year, that was up from 9.1% the year before and 8.9% uh, two years ago. Oh, contact down at 46.4%, which is really huge. And his Z contact is at 85.4% uh, this past year, which is down from 88.1% uh, in 2017. And one thing I'll get to as a, when we go through the rolling average graph is, graph is how that number plummeted as the year progressed. Contact rate, 70.5% last year, uh, 77% is league average. He was above league average the two previous years. Again, he made huge strides last year, and we'll get to that with his pitch mix, but one of the things he focused on last offseason was um, perfecting his uh, slider. Now, he essentially looked at the best sliders in the game and what made them the best sliders in the game. I think Corey Kluber's was one of them. I think there was maybe one more. Um, and and he went through a pitch design process uh, with driveline, um, to actually develop that slider into just a, a really filthy pitch. And he's working on his his changeup, it seems like, just based on tracking him on social media. It looks like he is working on his changeup this year. So that is pretty exciting stuff. So overall, the strikeout stuff is just off the charts uh, for Bauer. He is an elite strikeout pitcher, assuming that he's able to maintain the skills that he had last year, which, you know, I think given the process that he... Uh, pursues in the offseason and just the process overall. I feel good um, about that. And again, remember the volume is going to be a huge and added benefit, right? We can't guarantee that he's going to be healthy, but last year it was a freak accident. And I really like the fact that he monitors his um, his body so much. Like it's very clear in listening to him, listening to Driveline, that he's very in tune with his body and he knows what his body can handle. And I like that a lot because we worry so much about arm injuries with pitchers. That's not saying that it won't happen to him, but um, for me, I trust it uh, just a little bit more. Uh, 299 uh, walks per nine, 8.1% walk rate. That's around a little bit lower than league average. He's been right around that mark for the past few years, but his first pitch strike rate actually increased dramatically last year up to 64%, well above league average. That's up from 56.7% the year before. So huge leaps there. His O swing was at 31.8%, about 1% above league average, way up from the 25% of the last two years, which is really good. And as a result, he did not have to throw the ball in the zone as much. A career low of, or at least a three-year low of 42%, down from 44.4 and 47.1%. So he's throwing the ball less in the zone, but he doesn't have to because he's getting folks to chase outside the zone, and he's also getting ahead of hitters uh, with that 64% first pitch strike. His whip was at 1.1, down from 1.37 and 1.3 in the two previous years. Now, one of the major reasons for this was that his BABIP uh, was, well, the strikeouts is one uh, reason why that whip went 
uh, went uh, went down because uh, he's getting a lot of guys out through strikeouts, so less balls in play. But also his BABIP was down. Last year it was 336, which actually looked earned with a 332 expected BABIP. But he is down at 301 with a 295 expected BABIP. So the expected BABIP actually supports that improvement, and that's still above league average. So he's not relying on insanely low BABIPs uh, to fuel that whip, which I think is really nice. And with the walk percentage around league average and some signs pointing to that being, you know, it probably should be better than league average, to be honest with you. That zone percentage is just slightly down from from league average, but uh, that O swing is above it and that first pitch strike is well above. So you may even be able to see a little bit, um, a little bit of a dip in that walk rate, which would be great um, as well. Now, uh, soft hit rate, 15.8%, so less uh, the lower than league average, hard hit uh, rate of 36.2%, a little above league average. You know That might explain why the BABIP is, is still above league average um, despite the improvements. Ground ball rate at 44.1%. And when we look at his, um, when we look at his X stats uh, profile, uh, batted ball profile, uh, which breaks it down into six categories, that's dribblers, which are really weak hit ground balls, um, ground balls, which are harder hit ground balls, line drives, which are line drives, hard drives, which are kind of your high line drives, low fly balls that tend to go for extra base hits, your best quality pitch, uh, fly balls, which are kind of, um, fly balls, which occasionally go for extra base hits, but oftentimes are outs and then pop-ups, which are just essentially batted strikeouts. Um, they're, all go there. When we look at that batted ball profile, some really good signs is his dribbler percentage. So that weak ground ball percentage went up 3% at the same time that his pop-up rate, those automatic outs went up by five and a half percent. So that's really crucial because those dribblers and those pop-ups are two of, are the two best types of contact you can generate. And he went up in both of those last year. Now those are also the most um, uh, stable of the types of batted balls, drive uh, dribblers, high dr- hard drives, and um, pop-ups are the most stable of those batted balls. So when you see increases or decreases there, you're more likely to believe them. And his hard drive rate that he gave up was down significantly from 12.2% last year to 8.8% this year, which is 2% below league average, which helps explain why his home run rate went down. So really good movement on Bauer's um, batted ball profile there. When we get into his uh, WOBA and expected WOBA, I'll just focus on the expected WOBA, and this is again from Xstats, 329, 322 to 269. So again, some really strong growth there as a result of the bump in strikeouts and the improved uh, batted ball profile. His ERA of 226, probably a little bit lower um, than I would expect for next year, but I do think um, having a sub three ERA is well within reach for Bauer. His FIP was 244, XFIP 314, Sierra 321. So you'll notice like XFIP, which um, normalizes home run per fly ball rate, has him slightly over three. But one of the things that I think is is really nice about uh, Bauer last year is that hard drive rate going down. And he had a very low home runs um, allowed last year of only nine. Now, he did give up 11.8 expected home runs, but those numbers are way down from 20 and 25, the two previous years for home runs, and 22.5 and 23.7 expected home runs. So the expected home runs, instead of having him at a home run per fly ball rate of 6.3%, which is insanely low, 
right? That's half of league average of 12.7%. It had an expected home run per fly ball of 8.3%, which is still uh, terrific. So again, that batted ball quality was excellent. Uh, was was excellent. And again, like um, where he improved were in some of the more um, stable batted ball categories. So I do have hope that those will uh, those improvements will, if they don't stick completely, that it is moving in that direction. Now, his strand rate was high at 79.3%. And so that's just one thing to consider. Again, with the K rate going up, that's not necessarily a surprise for me, but it is above last year's 76.7%. Um, not wholly unsustainable, unsustainable, but you may see some regression there. His home runs per nine was 0.47%. 1.16 is league average, but his expected home runs per nine was only 0.62, so about half of league average. So again, that is really, really, um, that's really, really good to see. When we get into his barrels, again, 4.5% two years ago, 5.1% last year, 2.7% this year. Tremendous, really great um, number there. That 2.7% is excellent. Overall barrels given up 33, 38, and then 19 last year. His average home run distance has remained right right around 396, uh, league average, 397, 396, 395. So he's not giving up monster shots um, either, which is really uh, refreshing for him. Now, where um, it's really exciting to see uh, Bauer's growth, I mentioned his, um, you know, some of the pitches that he worked on. So last year, his the velocity on his fastball increased 94.6% or 94.6 miles per hour on that four seam up from 94 um, the previous year. When we look at the actual results from each of his pitches, um, his four seam was slightly better than last year, 125 WRC plus compared to 134 last year. His WOVA still not very good, 344. So that fastball is still a little bit problematic. He went to a cutter a lot more um, uh, last year, or not like a, a ton more, but it was a it was a better pitch for him last year compared to 2017, 124 WRC plus uh, compared to a 172 last year. Now, where it gets really exciting, his curveball slider and changeup are both. Um, uh, all three of those pitches have excellent WRC pluses. So again, 100 being league average for a batter. 54 on his curveball, negative 8 on his slider, so truly elite. A 6 on that changeup, again, really elite. And when you look at the Wobas against on those pitches, you're looking at a 234 for the curveball, a 139 for the slider, a 160 for the changeup. So so Bauer's faster stuff, right? His four seam, his cutter, um, that sinker, those pitches are the ones that he struggles more with, although they're not a ton worse than, um, uh, they're actually better than league average when we get to the to the positive pitch values. But he has just some really elite uh, breaking and off-speed pitches. Now let's take a look at those um, pitch values. He has five pitches with positive uh, pitch values. So his four-seam fastball, uh, 12.5 positive pitch value overall, 1.2 per 100 thrown with a 7.5% Swinging strike rate, 21.7% O-swing. So not you know crazy good there, but it was a positive pitch for him and the pitch that he threw the most. That curveball, four, uh, four positive pitch value overall for the season, uh, 0.5 positive pitch value per 
um, 100 throne, uh, which is pretty in line with where he was in previous seasons. Now the slider is awesome. Uh, the slider was 11.2 overall positive pitch value, 2.8 positive pitch value per 100 thrown. Uh, last year is at 1.2 and then two overall. So he didn't throw it very much last year, only 175. He threw a 402 of the pitch this year. 21.1% swinging strike rate on that pitch, 45.6% uh, 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 O swing. So a truly elite knockout pitch there for Bauer. Curveball also, I forgot to mention this, 15.6% swinging strike rate, 31.5% O swing. So a pretty solid um, pitch uh, overall right there. Um, the one thing about the curveball is it does generate a 60% uh, ground ball rate. So he, it may not get as many swings and, and misses, but it's not necessarily generating the dangerous contact uh, that we are worried about. His cutter was a 1.8 positive pitch value, 0.6 per 100 pitches thrown, 21.9% swinging strike rate, 43.5% uh, O swing, another knockout pitch uh, for him, uh, and that's up from 10.5% swinging strike rate. So he doubled the swinging strike rate and, and nearly doubled the O swing from, um, uh, from last year, or actually from two years ago. Uh, but up uh, 6% from last year. So still really improving that pitch. His changeup, 3.8 positive pitch value, 1.9 per 100 thrown, 15.2% swinging strike rate, 25.9% O swing. So it doesn't get a ton of chases, uh, but does get a decent amount of swinging strikes there. His sinker is the only pitch that has a negative pitch value, negative 2.9, negative 1.9 per 100 thrown, but it's also the pitch that he throws the least. Um, so, you know, only about 5% of his pitches, if I remember correctly, which is obviously really good news. So the repertoire is diverse. Uh, he has a number of options that he can go to with his swinging strike rate. And if you do have time, I would actually uh, check uh, Trevor Bauer out on Twitter. He um, There's this MLB Network um, interview that he gave that was just awesome. It was about um, tunneling and it was about pitching overall. And he just talked about how his goal as a pitcher is to um, delay for as much as possible uh, um, the batter or give the batter the least amount of time to decide whether he's going to swing by tunneling, essentially, you know, throwing. And it was just cool how he talked about it. He talked about throwing the pitch in the same location in the zone, starting it out in the middle of the zone, every single one of his pitches. And with the slider, it starts in the middle of the zone, and then it breaks um, uh, to the batter's right. Uh, his cutter breaks to the batter's right, but it stays inside the zone, whereas his slider goes outside the zone. Uh, his changeup starts in the middle of the zone, breaks outside of the zone uh, to the batter's left. Um, his sinker starts in the middle of the plate, breaks to the, uh, breaks to the batter's left, just like the changeup but stays in the zone. So he just talked about like how essentially he's trying to throw the pitch in the same place. And his goal to have is to have as many pitches as possible that go in different directions to hit the right spots in the zone. It's just a really fascinating break breakdown. And, you know, while it's just him talking about the pitch, it just made me um, be, be into him even more uh, going into next year when you combine kind of the value um, of where he's going at and what his production could be. I just think he's, he's a league winner. Uh, if I'm honest with you, I'm going to be 
targeting him as my second pitcher off the board. Like if I can get a top, you know, uh, another top pitcher in the second round and maybe snag him in the third round coming back, I will be uh, absolutely elated. I mean, imagine going early in the round, going Trout, you know, Betts, um, or Jose Ramirez, and then coming around the other side, you know, and getting Bauer in the third round, and then in the second round, maybe getting, you know, another uh, elite starter. I think that would be an incredible way uh, to start off a team. Anyways, getting over to Bauer's 10-game rolling averages, what I love about his 10-game rolling averages is his Z contact is going down. So it, it finished the year around league average, but over his last 10 games, it was at 81.5%. And there's just a, a continuous trend line down. And so that's well below league average. And a really good sign of an elite pitcher is a pitcher who can throw the ball in the zone and still get whiffs. His first pitch strike, uh, 63.8% over his last 10. Since the about uh, early June, it hovered in the mid-60s, which is terrific to see. His zone percentage finished the year in his last 10 games around 42%, so similar to his year uh, overall. And again, with the O swing uh, being up, it actually went down to around 29.5%, so below league average um, over his last 10 games. So that's one thing to consider. But he did have it in the low um, threes. And so hopefully with another year of that arsenal under his belt, maybe with an improvement in that changeup, making it a pitch that, um, that folks need to change, uh, chase outside the zone um, and maybe getting a few more whiffs on it. Ah, the sky's the limit on that. And then his swinging strike rate stayed very high throughout the year after uh, slowing at the beginning from uh, it eclipsed uh, 13% on May 27th, um, dipped slightly below that in August, but finished the year at 13.7%. Uh, that is a borderline elite level there. It's not like your, you know, Chris Sale, Max Scherzer, um, Jacob deGrom, uh, but it's 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 way up there. Um, and so that is uh, super exciting to see. Um, when we take a look at how his pitch mix uh, developed over the course um, of the year, uh, the real change um, uh, in his approach uh, was that his that he started throwing um, his slider a little bit less as the year progressed. Um, he started throwing his cutter more. Again, it seems like the slider and the cutter are similar pitches. It's just the amount of break um, is, is obviously slightly different. And so um, both of those pitches were elite pitches. Um, so that is something uh, to keep in mind. His changeup percentage also increased um, as the year progressed. And he really brought down his curveball. That used to be his signature pitch. He used to throw it over 30% of the time. It was down to 22%. And then he also started throwing that four-seam fastball more. So nothing, nothing major there except for the dip in the curveball, which is actually a good sign and why probably his swinging strike rate boosted up, is the fact that um, you know that curveball wasn't generating a ton of whiffs. It's good at 15.4%, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, but... Uh, that one is is uh, is from a breaking and off-speed pitch, not one of his better swinging strike pitches, and so that is a is a good sign. And we saw the cutter increase, um, which you know kind of compensated for that as well as as well as the changeup. So, in summary, with Bauer, um, I am actually going. I would rank Bauer above Corey Kluber heading into next year. Um, I really think that. 
Bauer showed us something special last year. And if it weren't for the injury, I think we'd be talking about him in that really top notch pitcher. I think he would have been maybe finished second in the Cy Young, um, you know, if not third behind Verlander uh, because of the sheer volume of innings that I think he would have thrown. I think he would have been in the 220-230 range um, if he had been healthy for um, uh, the whole season. So when we think about pitchers, we're thinking about Scherzer, we're thinking about Sale, we're thinking about DeGrom, right? I, have, I would have him behind those guys, but in front of Kluber, uh, in front of, of Kershaw. Uh, I would have him um, in front of Nola. Um, I just think, um, you know, I haven't fully analyzed Nola, so I've got to like kind of break that down a little bit. But I think I would have him in front of Nola probably next year just because if I'm remembering correctly, the swinging strike rate and the skills um, were better. But uh, I'll, I'll press pause on the head of Nola thing because I haven't really delved into him. I owned Luis Severino a lot of places last year, and so I definitely think that I would, I would most definitely have Bauer um, ahead of Severino. Uh, Verlander, I, I think I have him around Verlander. Um, uh, around Verlander and probably Snell, to be honest with you kind of the Verlander, Snell, Cole. I need to dig deeper into those guys and figure out where exactly they are, but just going off of what I have, I would have Bauer as, um, you know, potent, as a top 10 pitcher uh, for sure, um, if not in that top five range, uh, because I do think that he has the skills to support what he's doing. I absolutely love the process, like love, love, love the process, and I think that that is so um, critical, and then I love the volume too. So, Trevor Bauer is going to be a guy that I own a lot of places heading into next year. I think you should own him in a lot of places um, too on your teams. As your number two pitcher, um, if you're really trying to push pitching out of the gate, um, he, I think he's a solid number one who can carry a staff uh, with that volume and skills. So I absolutely love him. So he's my, he's my top pitcher on the Cleveland Indians, and he's definitely a guy that I'm going to take ahead of Carrasco and ahead of Clevenger. Next up, we have Carlos Carrasco, starting pitcher, again, for the Indians. Not surprising if you listen to the intro of the podcast. I'm going to be covering uh, Trevor Bauer, who you've already listened to probably if you're listening to this, Um, Carlos Carrasco and Mike Clevenger. Uh, Carrasco going at an average draft position in the two early mock drafts of 44.3. And he, um, so Carrasco over the last couple of years has 30 starts in both seasons, uh, 186 and two thirds innings uh, uh, this year and 200 innings the year before that. He kind of got a rap as a guy who was injured quite a bit um, previously, but over the last couple of years, he's really been a stable force um, in the Indians lineup. Uh, 16 wins this past year and um, 18 wins last year, uh, 53, over 50% uh, wins per uh, start uh, the last two years. K-minus walk rate is at 24%, so actually above Bauer and also above um, his other pitching mate, uh, Corey Kluber. The K percentage, though, is a bit lower, 29.1%, 28.3% the, uh, in 2017 and 25%, so heading up, um, as was his K-minus walk rate. So the strikeout skills overall are excellent uh, for Carrasco. Um, He has over 10 
uh, Ks per nine. His swinging strikeout this year was very elite at 15.2%, up from 13.4% last year, which was also elite, 12% the year before that. That 15.2% number really puts him in the upper echelon of pitchers around Jacob deGrom, uh, Chris Sale, Max Scherzer in terms of his swinging strike rate. Uh, not surprisingly, keeps that uh, O contact super low, 43.3%, uh, but his Z contact at 87.9%, uh, above league average, 86.5%. So when he does have to come into the zone uh, is when batters do make contact. Overall, his contact rate, 68.8% last year, uh, down from 72.6 and 75.1%. Uh, that league average is around 77%, so well below league average last year. And then his, stri- his walk rate is uh, very low too, 5.1%, uh, 8.5% is league average. Um, and how he really gets this done, number one, he throws uh, the first pitch for strike, 64.6% uh, in 2018, 63% the year before that, and 61.8%, so consistently uh, getting ahead of hitters. But his O swing is really where he takes off. Um, a pitch FX has his O swing at 39.2%. Uh, last year, um, which is just very elite. That would probably lead the league, would be my guess. Um, that's just awesome. And so his he only throws the through 41.7% of his pitches in the zone, which is lower than league average, but because he's able to get folks to swing at it well above league average, that's why he's able to suppress that walk rate uh, and keep it around 5% the last three years. That is obviously a huge... Um, uh, a huge thing to be able to do um, to get folks to chase there. It also, you know, um, we don't see any sign of this happening, but it does mean that O-swing is something to monitor because if that O-swing starts to dip for whatever reason, um, that I think is when you're going to see Carrasco uh, get into um, trouble. That's a phenomenon that uh, happened to Zach Godley um, this past year where uh, in 2017, you know, guys were chasing that curveball outside the zone. Uh, once they either got familiar with it or knew what was coming, they stopped chasing, and he just got crushed when he had to throw the ball in the zone. And so that's just one thing to consider with guys who do have those high O swings is to monitor that pretty closely because it's the key to both their walk rate and also oftentimes um, from getting hit hard um, over uh, over the plate. Whip, 1.11, uh, lines with 1.1 uh, last year and 1.15 in 2016. So very solid there. The BABIP was up at 314, uh, up from 307 and 289 the two previous years. His expected BABIP was actually 327.2. So again, he did get hit hard. We see that with his soft hit rate being well below league average at 14.4%. Um, 18.1% is league average, and that's down from 19.4% last year. His hard hit rate was also up at 39.4%. That's up 10%. It was at 29.3% last year, which is well below league average. So um, again, uh, batters getting pretty good contact off of Carrasco when they do hit the ball. His ground ball rate has been around 45% the last uh, few years. Uh, Expected Woba, 295, 290, 294. The thing that strikes me about Carrasco is the consistency. I mean, when you look at the skills, they've fluctuated a little bit, Um, you know, generally... uh, and pretty much universally in the right direction, but that expected uh, on base average, 295, 290, 294, not your super elite number, but very, very good. Remember, league average is 315, very, very good for a starter, 
and very, very consistent as well. So Carrasco, a lot of times people, and I think this is less true now, but I feel like he dropped previously because people had injury and consistency concerns with him because he tended to get lit up in some games where, you know, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd give up like eight runs in two innings a couple times a year. And those are the, those are the starts that you remember. That's kind of like me with uh, Corey Kluber this year where he had a couple of those starts. And for some reason, I thought he was going to be a lot worse when I got dug into the skills, but everything ended up being okay. Uh, so very solid, again, and consistent there for Carrasco. Um, and uh, not too much of a discrepancy between that expected weighted on base average and his actually weight, actual weighted on base average. Again, talking about consistency, 332 two years ago, 329 last year, 333 this year. Uh, although his FIP, his XFIP, and his Sierra were the lowest of the three years this year. So again, positive signs there. Um, for Carrasco, his strand rate was at 75.3%, 3% lower than last year, um, and equal to 2016. And so that's one of the reasons I think where you see the elevated ERA is that he didn't strand as many uh, runners as last year. And with his strikeout rate, I could see that being um, a higher rate. Again, he does give up a solid contact um, and a decent number of home runs, so um, not not you wouldn't expect it to be elite, but you could see it uh, go up again um, next year. Home runs 21, 21, 21. Again, dude's consistent. Uh, expected home runs 18.8 two years ago, 22.8 last year, 20.4 this year. Again, uh, positive strides there. Um, and this is, you know, and Carrasco had an excellent second half. He really got unlucky in the first half, and it really started to even itself out in the second half of last year. His home run per fly ball rate, 13.2% last year, 12.8% expected home run per fly ball rate. That's about what he had um, uh, in 2017 as well. Uh, Just swap them. Uh, It was higher in uh, 2016, Um, but he's gotten it down for the last couple years. Below league average home run per nine and expected home run per nine, which is really solid. And then the barrels is pretty consistent too, 3.5% two years ago. Uh, 21 barrels given up, 4.8% uh, barrels per plate appearance last year, 38 given up. And then last year, this um, 2018, it was at 4%. So 30 barrels given up. Um, and the distant average distance on his home runs, right around league average, 398, 402, 402. All right, so let us... Um, uh, so overall, very consistent profile there for Carrasco. I don't see any reason... Um, to think that he may be on, you know, the downside. He's obviously going to be 32 this upcoming year, so we got to monitor the signs. But all of the skills are pointing to a pretty similar guy. Uh, his four-seam fastball was down about half a tick uh, last year, so one thing to monitor heading into spring training next year. But when we look at the performance of opposing batters on his pitches. Fastball was a struggle, 147 WRC plus with a 376 WOBA. Again, 315 WOBA is league average. And then his sinker was a 101 and a 308. Um, So that sinker actually was a pretty good pitch for him um, last year overall, and we'll see that in the pitch values. But then we look at his other offerings, and similar to Bauer, they were just really strong pitches for him. Slider had a WRC plus of 281. Um, 273 Woba, uh, changeup 46 WRC plus, 222 Woba, and then his curveball 29 
WRC plus and 195. So two pitches where he is getting batters to hit well below league average, both in terms of WOBA and WRC plus, which is a really, really uh, good sign um, for him. Uh, when we get into uh, pitch values, so we talked about his four seam being a little bit problematic, again, with some velocity, velocity dip last year, a negative 2.4 uh, pitch value, negative 0.3 uh, per 100. So not a terrible pitch, but not a great pitch by any stretch of the imagination. His slider, uh, 5.7 positive uh, pitch value um, overall, 0.7 per 100. Now, this is down significantly, actually, from 2017 when it was at 2.1 positive pitch value per 100. So, um, you know, it may be that with the diminishing velocity on his fastball or his fastball not being as effective, that slider also diminished. But still, 26.2% swinging strike rate, 52.5% O-swing. So it is a knockout pitch uh, for sure. The definition of a knockout pitch, as is his changeup, 23.5% swinging strike rate, 52.4% O-swing. Uh, tremendous 6.1 positive pitch value, 1.3 positive pitch value per 100. Uh, it was his best pitch on a pitch by pitch basis last year. His sinker we talked about that was actually a positive pitch for him, and he and he showed that he was having more confidence in that pitch by throwing it more as the season progressed, which we'll get to in a second. But a 0.4 positive pitch value over overall, 0.1 uh, per 100 thrown. Uh, not surprisingly, has the lowest swinging strike rate. Uh, of any of his pitches, and a very low O swing of 21.6%. His curveball had a 3.5 positive pitch value, 1.2 per 100, 16% swinging strike rate, 35.3% uh, O swing. So both of those numbers are uh, are um, are very good, um, and it it along with his changeup generated uh, 54% plus. Oh, actually, his curveball, changeup, and slider all generated 54% plus ground ball rates with the changeup with a 66.7% um, ground ball rate, which is freaking nuts if you consider that along with the 20% plus swinging strike rate and 50% O swing. Jeez, give dudes a chance, right? Um, that is just elite stuff. I mean, going through these guys is just fun. Like covering Bauer and then hopping over to Carrasco with the skills that the dude possesses is just really, really... Um, uh, a fun thing to do. Now let's take a look at his 10-game rolling average graph. Uh, check this out, 17.7% swinging strike rate over his last 10 games pitched. That is the only dude who gets that close is Chris Sale um, and Scherzer. Scherzer gets close, but I think the only guy who I've seen with that 10-game 17% plus swinging strike rate is Sale. That is truly elite. Um, 36.5% O swing, elite zone percentage down at 40.4%, but we don't care as much about that because of that O swing being so elevated. First pitch strike around 64%, uh, consistently in that mid 60s throughout the year. Um, yeah, I mean, his swinging strike rate, I don't think it ever got below 13% last year in a 10 game period. So, just wonderful. And then we talked about how his Z contact was above league average. Well, guess what? Towards the end of the year, it dipped below league average at 83.5%. I mean, if you could go Bauer, Bauer Carrasco, I mean, that would actually be, um, you know, something beautiful to do. I'm not sure, just given where they're going in ADP, that you'd be able to do that. But um, my goodness, those, those two, uh, the skills that they have are just um, absolutely 
um, incredible. And so let's take a peek at why uh, we may have seen um, that type of a change um, for, uh, uh, for Carrasco. Um, so what we see is that he started throwing his four-seam fastball less as the year progressed, down to 28.1%, which is good news. Again, that was his worst pitch. He started throwing his sinker more, so really um, still only at 15.9%, uh, so not as much as the four-seam fastball, but it was much more a part of his repertoire towards the end of the year. Uh, throwing that curve 10.4%, again, uh, gets a lot of ground balls, not necessarily uh, his swinging strike specialty. Changeup was at 17.2%. He started throwing that consistently um, uh, a lot. And then let's take a peek at that slider. Consistently throwing it a ton throughout the year. Finished the year at 28.4% over his last 10 games, but earlier in the season was throwing it at about a 30% clip. I think what we might have seen is when he diversified um, and started throwing that slider less, started throwing the changeup a little bit more along with the, uh, the sinker, maybe the combination of that pitch mix. Um, you know, maybe he really figured out something that was tunneling well, or maybe those pitches just built really well off of one another or kept batters guessing a little bit more. But um, really exciting uh, stuff there for Carrasco. Um, taking a look, I forgot to mention this, um, taking a look at his batted balls over the last little bit, he did have a dip in his dribbler percentage. Uh, of about 2.5%, so that's something to monitor. Those essentially went to his ground ball uh, percentage, so he was still keeping the ball on the ground, generally speaking, at about the same rate, just not the same quality of uh, poor ground ball. Line drive rate was up slightly, higher drive rate up or, up, uh, or down slightly at 10.1% from 10.6%, 10.8% is league average, so he's just right around league average there, and his pop-up percentage actually went well. So overall, the batted ball quality was pretty similar, um, uh, to the previous years. So again, uh, to summarize with uh, Carrasco, there are some concerns, right? He's not necessarily the volume guy that Bauer is, and I think that's what puts Bauer ahead of, Carras uh, ahead of Carrasco. Um, in addition to just uh, some of the some of the pieces around process, I just uh, I trust Bauer more moving forward, even though Carrasco has been um, incredibly consistent. But again, I might actually prefer Carrasco to Kluber because the strikeout rates are higher. Um, Kluber obviously has been a force in terms of pitching 200 innings, but he's also getting up there. Um, well, I guess he's about the same age as Carrasco. I don't know. I just, I'm a sucker for skills. So we'll see, but I think they're in a pretty similar range to me. I, would, I think I would take Verlander over Carrasco just because we've, we've seen that elite performance. The Astros know what they're doing. Um, other pitchers, probably behind Nola for me. I would actually have Carrasco above Severino. I need to dig deeper into Severino, but I just don't trust him a lot after what he did last year. So I think you know Carrasco may be at the back end of that group that I mentioned before, the Verlander, Cole, Nola, Snell group. Um, maybe have Bauer towards the front of that and Carrasco towards the back. Um, but again, you know, I think he's a guy who, if you want to go heavy on pitching early, he can be an ace, but you just need to build that into your team and recognize that you're going to need to look for volume later on because even at his peak number of innings pitched, it was 200. And so you're not really going to project him towards that, right? You're going to project him into the 180s, I think, uh, most likely. And so... Again, Carrasco, uh, a very elite pitcher, uh, top 10 pitcher, 
you know, a right, right around a top 10 pitcher, a guy that I do trust um, as an anchor to a staff. If you're going to pursue pitching early, just make sure that you, um, you know, you accompany him with somebody like a, you know, like a Patrick Corbin or, um, you know, I'm scrolling through the names, man, pitching is, David Price might be a guy. I mean, he obviously threw a ton of innings because of the playoffs, but, um, you know, just make sure that you are either getting a couple guys uh, right after him um, to help you with the volume of, of, of solid ratios and, and strikeouts overall. But Carrasco is a very solid pitcher. For me, he, he and Kluber are pretty close in terms of being um, the guy, the second best pitchers uh, coming from the Cleveland Indian staff. Next up, we have Mike Clevenger. Uh, Clevenger has the unfortunate position, or I don't know if it's the unfortunate position, but uh, he's the fourth best uh, starting pitcher on the Indians just because his teammates are so good, but still a to- uh, the fourth, a number four, but uh, still top 100 in terms of average draft position going on an average draft position of 87.9 um, right now in those 10 to early mock drafts. And he's really a guy, along with folks like Jamison Tyone, uh, Herman Marquez, um, Jack Flaherty, guys like that, that, that represent for me like a pretty big cliff. Once you get past those guys, there's some pretty huge question marks around the pitchers. I mean, there's, there's question marks even around those guys, but I think it gets even worse um, Kledgevinger has been a pretty, um, I don't know if consistent is the right word, right? He's got two um, seasons where he's pitched uh, a decent amount of innings, uh, 32 starts this year, 21 the year before that, 200 innings this year, 114 the year before that. So he did hit that magic 200 inning pitched mark, uh, 13 victories, uh, 40.6% uh, wins uh, per game started, uh, that's on the lower side for the Indian starters, and so you could see a little bit of uh, growth in that win department given who they're going up against and the fact that Clevenger is a strong pitcher. His K-minus walk rate, 17.3% this year, which is an improvement over 15.5% last year, uh, and both marks are better than the 13.8% league average. His K-rate did actually dip a little bit this year, 25.6% from 27.1%. Uh, last year, though, I actually like the, um, well, the strikeout skills are down slightly, but I like the overall skills from this past year more. He had 207 strikeouts, so more than a strikeout per inning, which is really solid. 12% swinging strike rate, so 10.7% is league average. That's down slightly from last year at 12.4%, but being in that 12% range is a really nice um, area for for any starting pitcher, really. Um, uh, That's really nice. Uh, O contact around 55% uh, the two years. Uh, His Z contact did go up slightly by about 1.7% up to 83.5%. So still better than league average, um, but but did go up a little bit. Same with his contact rate up to 74.1%. So still below league average, but uh, up a little bit. His walk rate did drop considerably, which is a really nice thing. That was one of the major concerns from last year went from 11.6%, which is terrible, down to 8.3%, which is slightly below league average. Um, And he's been consistently getting ahead of batters, uh, two straight years with 64% uh, first pitch strike. The O swing is the key with with Clevenger. 
towards the end of last year, it went down considerably and that impacted his walk rate. Uh, this year it was at 30.4%, so right around league average, 29.6% um, is league average. So that's, and his zone rate, 43.5%, right around league average, um, below league average last year. So he made some strides in terms of throwing the ball more in the zone and a slight uptick in his O swing, which helped bring that walk percentage down. Now his walk percentage last year was probably a little elevated from where it should be. Um, right around league average seems right um, for Clevenger at this point in time. Um, but that O swing is important to monitor. It would be really nice if you could get a couple pitches, and we'll break those down later, that could get some, uh, some more swings uh, outside the zone. His whip was at 1.16, down from 1.21 last year, and that reflects that better walk rate. Uh, his BABIP has been consistently below league average of 293. 269 last year, 280 this year, but that 269 was pretty lucky. It came with a 316 expected BABIP. This year's was fully earned 278 expected BABIP, which is really good, and we'll get to that when we break down his batted ball stuff, which we will do right now. Uh, Soft hit rate, 18.8%, so slightly above league average. He was slightly above league average last year, too. Hard hit rate, slightly below league average, 34.8, 33.5. His ground ball rate is actually lower than league average. Now, a lot of times you'd be like, ah, that's not good. He's given up a lot of fly balls. But that also is the reason why he's able to maintain that lower than league average BABIP, which is important. Woe by the past two years, 294, 288, 329 last year. Now, I was actually really down on Clevenger headed into last year. Um, and that was the reason, because based on his batted ball profile, it was looking like he was getting pretty lucky with that 329 expected WOBA. Again, 315 is about league average. So that would have been a much worse than league average um, uh, uh, WOBA if things had kind of panned out how they quote-unquote should have been um, if he hadn't gotten lucky. Now, he actually became a better pitcher this year. 288 WOBA, 281 expected WOBA. So that's supporting him being a better pitcher. Now, you think about Carrasco, and he's actually got a better expected weighted on base average than uh, Carrasco does, and that's because the quality of the batted ball that he's giving up uh, is not as bad as um, as Carrasco's. Um, 302 ERA, 284 last year, uh, 352 FIP, 389 XFIP, 386 Sierra. So the uh, the ERA estimators have him at a um, higher ERA. They also had him at a higher ERA last year, 37. 405 and 424 on the 284. I think this might be a situation um, where because Clevenger is able to maintain lower than league average uh, BABIPs, um, at least so far in his career, uh, that may be the reason why those estimators are off a little bit. And he's also been able to suppress home runs throughout his career so far, which is why that XFIP is 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 above and he's also had a strand rate around 80 percent both years so he's been able to maintain that um you know um i would expect a little bit of regression there but just something to consider 13 home runs 21 home runs the 13 came on 15.9 expected home runs so he got a little lucky last year again that shows up in the expected weighted about uh weighted on base average uh 21 uh, home runs 18.5 this year so got a little bit unlucky uh, that home run per fly ball rate, 10.7 last year, 10.2 this year, actually a 9% expected home run per fly ball rate uh, this year compared to 15.4% expected home run per fly ball rate last year. That is a really good sign. Again, the ball was dejuiced, and so this may also be a sign that the dejuicing of the ball is having a particularly positive impact on uh, Clevenger because he gives up uh, more fly balls. Home run per nine is below league average by about 
0.2 um, uh, for his home runs per nine uh, and about um, 0.3 for his expected home run per nine last year. Barrels, 3.7% barrels per plate appearance last year, 30 barrels overall given up, a 385 average home run distance, so not giving up a ton of huge home runs. That's well below league average of 397. Uh, Last year, though, 20 barrels, 4.3 barrels per plate appearance, so he's improved this year, uh, 407 average home run distance. So he's, so the ball was getting hit pretty good off of our buddy uh, Clevenger. Let's take a look at the pitch repertoire. Um, 93.8 fastball last year. This is really good news as that was up from 2017 where he was at 92.5 miles per hour, a 1.3 mile per hour uptick, which is a really good to see. Uh, The four-seamer is the problem pitch for him, just like so many of the Indians. Um, You know, maybe that's a sign that they don't place as much emphasis on that fastball and and identify guys who have that just electric breaking and off-speed stuff. Uh, Woba against of 350, folks hitting him hard, but then when you get to the off-speed and the breaking stuff, slider 39 WRC+, changeup 81 WRC+, curveball 6 WRC plus the Wobas against those pitches 210 for the slider, slider 275 for the changeup. That curveball is down at 160. So again, three really excellent pitches uh, for Mike Clevenger. All four of his pitches, even that four seam fastball, just barely have positive pitch values. And the way those positive pitch values are uh, categorized is if the pitch um, is a strike or results in an out, then it's in the positive direction. If it's a ball or a hit, it goes in the negative direction. And so more positive outcomes coming from that forcing fastball than not, but it only has a 2.1 positive pitch value per 100 as his, the pitch that he throws by far the most, a 0.1 positive pitch value per 100. That 2.1 number was for the overall swinging strike rate of 7.7%, 20.3 on that O swing. Uh, the slider, uh, one, uh, 13.2 overall positive pitch value, 1.9 positive pitch value per 100 thrown. That's really strong, that above one uh, positive pitch value for 100. 18.7% swinging strike rate on that pitch, 39.4% O swing, both uh, excellent numbers. And where you'll notice the difference between um, you know Clevenger and a Bauer and a Carrasco and even a Kluber is that the swinging strike rates on their knockout pitches, and they ha- each have a couple, is over 20%, and that O swing is between 45 and 50%. And so um, Clevenger's not quite there on those pitches, but they're still solid. 12.2% swinging strike rate on that changeup, 36.7% O swing. That changeup swinging strike rate, it sounds, it's higher than league average, but not necessarily for a changeup. So um, it's not a whiff changeup. Let's take a look at the batted ball off that. Yeah, 57.7% ground ball rate on that. So, you know, when there is contact made, it's generally not of the elite variety. Uh, The curveball, 18.8% swinging strike rate, 38.7% O swing. So it's very similar to the slider in terms of, um, you know, the underlying skills. Obvious, it also had a 6.1 positive pitch value. Um, Overall, 1.6 positive pitch value per curveball thrown. And so that might be a pitch that, you know, again, it depends on the situation, the hitter, but that might be a pitch. It's the, the curveball is the pitch that uh, Clevenger throws the least. He may want to start throwing that more uh, next year if he wants to increase that swinging strike rate and that K rate 
um, and the curveball generates 53.8% ground ball rate. So again, you know, that changeup and that curveball are both really strong pitches as are the slider. So Clevenger's really working with a very, very solid repertoire. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, uh, why I trust him a lot. Let's take a look at the 10 game rolling average. Um, the Z contact uh, held pretty steady throughout the year. It dipped into the high 70s for a little bit on that 10 game rolling average. Finished the year around 82%, so still below the average. Where he did struggle down the strike down the stretch was getting in front of hitters. His first pitch strike rate was down at 57.7% over his over his last 10 games, uh, where it peaked at a uh, in the high 60s. So one thing to think about there. Again, the O swing is really critical. Um, he never really gets that high in the 31 to 32 range most of the year, but then dips down to 27.6 as the year um, closed out, which is not where we want to see it. We want to see that high. We want to see that at least in the 30s, at least league average. And then his zone percentage also dipped at the same point in time down to 42.2% over his last 10 games. So I'm not sure. I will take a look in one second, but I imagine that he probably struggled a little bit and that that walk percentage shot up towards the end of the year. Um, the swinging strike rate was solid though, 12.4 over the last 10, and then it got up to 13.8 uh, over a 10 game stretch towards the end of the season. So that is something to consider. Let us take a peek at that actually. So let's keep that O swing up, the swinging strike rate up, and then let's take a look at some outcomes there. So his K percentage um, it did increase as the year progressed, ended at 28.4%. Um, so he was still striking folks out, but I imagine that that walk percentage also went up. That walk percentage, uh, it went up slightly uh, to 9.2%. Um, so above league average, but not a terrible mark. It's not in that 11% range where he was last year. So that is really interesting. Um, and just from an outcomes perspective, um, let's see... Um, uh, what we did here in terms of ERA up uh, the ERA shot down towards the end of the year. So, um, the control metrics were not as good, but he was striking out more batters. And I imagine, um, that BABIP was probably, um, yeah, the BABIP plummeted to 221. Okay. Over the last 10 years. So that helps explain or over his last 10 games. So that helps explain a little bit why that ERA also went down. So that's just one thing to monitor for Clevenger is overall, I think the profile is very solid. I like where he's going in drafts. I have no problem drafting him around that 100 number in that um, in that tier that we talked about, kind of that Tyone uh, tier, as I'll call it, towards maybe the back end of that. I think there's the potential for growth, you know, as a guy who's entering his, he's going to be 28 uh, for uh, all of next season. So um, you know, he's still got room for growth there. I think if he can change up that pitch mix a little bit, um, that could be where we see that growth. Let's, act, take, let's take a look at that pitch mix, change up curve, fastball, and then um, his slider. Um, so again, slider went down slightly as the year progressed, but about 20% of his pitches in his last 10 games. That curveball did go up towards the end of the year, and I think that's why you see... Um, why you see that swinging strike rate kind of creep up a little bit towards the end of the year. That strikeout rate creep up is, remember, that curveball and the slider are pretty identical in terms of the swinging strike rates and the O swings that they have, 18% plus swinging strike rates around 38 39% O swing. So that's a really good development to see. I'd love to see that bumped up even more potentially. Um, change up around 13.4% uh, down from earlier in the year, which isn't a terrible thing since it doesn't generate a ton of whiffs. 
and then um, and then his fastball. He only threw that about 52.9% of the time. So I actually think there's room for growth there. If Clevenger, if if Clev can stop throwing, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call him Clev now that we're, you know, super uh, close, now that I've dug in this deep on him. Um, you know, I could really see bumping up that slider percentage and bumping up that curveball percentage and kind of giving him an opportunity to step up into another tier there. So I definitely think there's room for growth. Pretty consistent profile. Um, when we take a look at his uh, batted ball from last year, uh, he had a slight gains in his dribbler percentage, which is good. Line drive percentage down, way down. But again, that fluctuates a ton, so don't put a ton of stock in that. His hard drive rate was down 0.6. Still above league average at 11.5%, but only slightly, and it's down. And then his pop-up rate is uh, over 2% above league average. And when you think about it, you know that pop-up percentage is essentially you know, your automatic outs pretty much, like your batted strikeouts. I think they have a, a BABIP of like 0.02 or something like that. So you add that 20.3% and that 25.6%, and you have 45.6% um, of his plate appearances. Um, well, 25.6% of his um, uh, of his uh, of his plate appearances are ending in a strikeout, and then of his batted balls, 20.3% of those um, are actually um, ending up in um, uh, in uh, in uh, in pop-ups, and so a decent amount of those, um, you know, bub average in both are ending up with that, which is really really nice to see with Clevenger. So let's take a look at where Clev is going, and let's see the pitchers that are going around him. So we got Jack, uh, we got. Um, uh, let's just go through this. David Price going at 78.2. I think they're in a similar tier for me. Um, you know, Price might be slightly higher just because, uh, you know, the Red Sox are great. And I think, um, you know, Price was excellent towards the end of last year, really found himself. We saw that in the playoffs too. Flaherty at 83.1 ADP. Similar there. I think that's fine. Clevenger's actually going a little bit above Jamison Tyone. I might have Tyone above Clevenger, but I think, again, solid. Uh, Jose Barrios is there. Again, I haven't dug into a lot of these guys, but this seems like the right tier for him. Um, you know, a guy like Mike Fultonavich, I think that uh, he's going at 97.6. You know, based on what I know from you know having uh, Fulte last year, I like Clevenger more because of the, you know, the lower walk rate um, and the opportunity for growth there. I think Fulte still needs some work on those skills. So overall, you know, Clevenger's a solid pitcher. I think I'm good with him in that 80 to 100 ADP range. I think that's totally fine. If you can nab him as your second or even third um, pitcher off the board uh, in 15-team leagues, I think that that's a decent start. Having him as your third guy, right? If you went with, um, you know, what I talked about before, like getting Bauer and Carrasco, right? Or some something like that, or a... Verlander, Bauer, and then getting Clevenger as your third. I mean, that would be a really, really nice start um, if you're going to go pitching heavy to start off with. So anyways, uh, Clevenger, he is the third best um, of the three pitches pitchers I've covered um, in today's podcast. Uh, Trevor Bauer, Carlos Carrasco, and Mike Clevenger. But again, still a really nice guy to have on your fantasy team going between 80 and 100 um, in ADPs. Where exactly he falls in my rankings, I'll have to see once I've gone through all of the players. But 
um, really nice, um, you know, digging into Clevenger. And, and I like what I see, generally speaking, what fantasy owners are going to want to monitor with him is that O swing, that zone percentage, that first pitch strike. Watch those, see how the control metrics are going, because when he's not going to be good is when those control metrics are pushing him, you know, up with the walk rate closer to 10 uh, versus the league average walk rate. And again, I think there might be strikeout upside if he can throw that curveball more, maybe the change up a little bit less, and even that slider more and fade that four seam a little bit. So opportunity for growth there as well. That is going to wrap us up for episode 35 of the Batflip Crazy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. There you have it, Trevor Bauer. I am going to rank Trevor Bauer ahead of Corey Kluber heading into next season. Cookie Carrasco is right there with Kluber. Um, for me, similar age, uh, both pretty consistent. I would say that Kluber may be losing. He's got some yellow flags. I think uh, Carrasco, it's 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 hard to find them. Um, maybe the batted ball profile, but um, it's not it's not terrible. Um, and then Mike Clevenger, who again is a is a solid guy, number two, number three, uh, starting pitcher to have. Really enjoyed doing these deep dives. Really enjoyed these episodes. I hope I didn't go too long for folks because um, I really dove in and I just. Um, uh, really enjoyed this. So thank you so much. Um, please do, um, if you enjoyed the show, go to iTunes, your preferred podcast platform. Uh, rating and a review would be super appreciated. Uh, again, the best place as always to reach me is on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Over the holiday weekend, I'm not sure exactly how many of the podcasts I'm going to be able to do. I'm going to try to Um, It may be a situation where I may do a lot of research on my computer because I may not be able to get the time or the space um, for my vacation plans. I'm heading down to California um, to visit some family. So um, may not be able to put out as many podcasts as I would like, but I will hopefully be able to do some research and then come back uh, the week after Thanksgiving and really be able to hit the ground running, maybe even throw together, you know, five guys at a time or something like that. That is my dream. But it is Thanksgiving week. I am very thankful for you listening to the podcast, for you following me on Twitter and just engaging. I really enjoy it. If you can't, if you can't, um, if you can't tell, I just, I, I just absolutely love it. So I'm very thankful for you, the listener. Um, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I enjoy this time, hopefully with family and friends, loved ones. If not, you can uh, do it with Batflip Crazy. Um, hopefully, I'll be active there. Listen to the podcast. But really, super thankful for all of you um, who are listening. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, Enjoy your fantasy baseball research. Take care of yourselves and definitely be kind to one another.